Well, good morning. Tell somebody next to you good morning. Come on, we're glad you're here. I, I just, I just want to thank you guys so much for coming today. There's a couple things that I want to share today. It, God's putting some things together. And as you come together today, there's a choice you've got. Do you, do you guys realize you have a choice? You, you had a choice whether to come today. You had a choice whether to stay home today. You had a choice whether to go out and eat at a restaurant this morning that probably wasn't real busy because of the snow or stay home or eat or not eat. But you have a choice today to use your faith or not use your faith this morning. I want to encourage you to use your faith today. Because God's word is powerful, and God's word will set you free. Can I get an amen? Come on, can I get an amen? you got to use your faith today. Hebrews talks about the stirring your faith, that it, it didn't do anything for them because they didn't mix it with their faith. And I want you to know that God sent his word. His word says he'll send his word to heal you, to bring healing to bring peace, to bring strength. Some people just need some emotional healing. How about you? I, I'm there sometimes. Some people might need some physical healing, and I'm there. I need some physical healing. But God sends his word to heal. So I want you to get something today. Who's going to get something today? So I'm going to get something today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set myself right now to get something today. I want to welcome those that are joining us on the Internet. I've got a friend of mine that's joining from North Carolina. Had texted me earlier this week and told me about his mother, his it, his mother and I are, are really good friends. She was just like a mother to me when I first went uh, off to college, when I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. And um, she has, got, uh, has been diagnosed of stage 3 cancer. So we're going to just lift her up right now. Let's just take a moment. And, Father, we thank you that you send your word to begin to heal and bring healing to that family right now. We just release your goodness, your grace upon their lives and during this time in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I'm going to talk a little bit about crowned with glory and honor. Say that with me. Crowned with glory and honor. Everybody, crowned with glory and honor. We are going to shift your mindset today. I believe in the Word of God there is, there is this nugget, that this mystery that has been held that God today is going to release, and your eyes are going to be open. Remember last week we talked about, do you have eyes to see? Do you have eyes to see? Do you have eyes to see what God is doing in the earth realm? Do you have eyes to see what God's doing with you? Do you have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord says about you. And I want to prove some things today. So real quick, we're going to go to Psalms 8. You don't have to turn there. We're going to look at verse 5. Psalms 8, verse 5 says, You crown him with glory and honor. You crown him with what? Glory and honor. Everybody. Glory and honor. Say that. Glory and honor. I'm crowned with glory and honor. And a lot of times, well, I don't feel like I'm crowned with glory and honor. You know, I don't feel good about myself. I don't feel good about things in my life. But you are crowned with glory and honor. There's a, the Hebrew word here for crown is altar. And it literally means like we think of an athlete that has run the race and they receive that crown. They receive that wreath in the, in, 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 in the Greek when they would have the Olympics. They were crowned with a wreath. 
that crown, that glory and honor, that crown is. Our idea of a crown is just putting something on your head. You know what I mean? Miss America pageant. Hello. She's got her little crown. They put her crown on there. But, but, but I want you to know that the word of God, it's greater than just putting something on your head. Athletes, when they would compete, they could receive a crown. I want you to know that here's what God surrounds you. If you're a believer and follower of Christ, he surrounds you with glory and honor. No, no, you didn't hear me. I'm surrounded. <laughs> and I'm not surrounded for bad. I'm surrounded for good. I'm surrounded by the glory and honor. And there's some, there's some words out there. Aura would, make, would probably be one of the words that might be able to define this glory and honor. Why am I surrounded with glory and honor? What's the purpose if the psalmist says you're surrounded with glory and honor? What's my purpose? I'm glad you asked that. It's actually dominion. Say dominion. We are, we are surrounded by glory and honor, honor because we are to rule and to reign. We are to have dominion in our life. See, when you understand that you're surrounded by glory and honor, oh, come on. When you understand that you are surrounded by glory and honor, then you can operate in dominion, and dominion will activate something in your life that when the enemy comes against you one way, he'll have to leave in seven different ways. Can I get an amen? That those problems and circumstances and issues in your life, when they come, you can say, wait a minute, I'm surrounded with glory and honor, and it's going to activate something in my life. There is a, a Jerusalem Bible that says when man sins, man forfeited the glory of God. Forfeited the glory of God. So we know that from the very beginning in Genesis that when man sinned, they what? Forfeited the glory of God. See, I want you to understand, if you begin to start looking at Adam, and how many of you know uh, that when God, when they sinned, then they felt naked. Are you with me? They covered themselves. You know why? Because before they were covered with the glory and honor of God. Oh, come on, somebody. See, they were naked and they didn't even know it. How do you get naked and not even know it? Because they were surrounded with the glory and the honor of God. So then when sin came in, it removed that glory and honor and they were like, oop, I got to cover up. We're some fig leaves. Or we call it now today fruit of the loom. <laughs> right? You know, he got, he got that one. You know, never mind. Tonight you'll go, oh, I got it. I got it. I understand. I understand. The reason Adam was covered with the glory of God, surrounded with glory and honor, was to be able to have dominion. Do you remember in Genesis when God created, he created the first day and then this, you know, the, and the, the moon and the, and, the, and the sun, and then he created on the second day and the third day and the fourth day. How many of you know the fifth day that he, he created, there were some certain things. In fact, let me, let's just turn here just a minute. Let's go to, let me go to Genesis chapter one. I want to, I want to look at just a couple things in the word of God and, and, uh, and I want to really kind of hit home this point. 
before I go to go on to the next one because you're going to see in day five he created the sea creatures and the birds and then day six he created the animals and mankind listen he created man last why did he create man last was he was to rule over everything else that he created oh come on somebody he created man last so he could say you're ruling over all of this stuff I'm going to create you last. How many of you know the Bible says those that are last will be? Oh, there's a whole other message right there I could get into that God will take the very least things and make them honorable. He'll take the very least like Gideon and he'll bring him honor and glory. And Gideon will be a, a, a warrior, but he was the least of the least and the last of the last and the worst of the worst. Come on. So in day six, you see where he's created man. He's created man. So let me, let me just read a, a couple of scriptures, and then I think, ladies, you're really going to enjoy this. It says, um, God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him male and female. First, let me go back to verse 26. God said, let us make man in our own image according to our own likeness, and let him rule over. Say rule over. Rule over. What are you going to rule over? The fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping things that creeps upon the earth. So, ladies, you, you know those little things that creep? You got dominion over. You got dominion over creepy things. <laughs> ah! My daughter, she was like, ah, it's a spider, it's huge! And I'm like, I think we redefined huge. You know, I was thinking about going into the room and having this great big spider take up the whole deal and grab me and throw me down. And it's a little old bitty spider. Ladies, you have dominion over that little creepy thing. Turn to your neighbor and say, we've got dominion. We do have dominion. And we began to, when you, when you begin to see the glory and the honor that surrounded Adam, and you be able to see how he operated in dominion, and he began to start naming the, 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 the animals and giving them names, that was him operating in the dominion that God has for him. So he says, look, I'm going to give you glory and honor, and it's going to begin to surround you, surround you like an aura, and things are going to begin to happen. And as you operate in this dominion, as you operate in this that I've given you, the, the, the ability and the, the authority to rule and reign in the earth, to be able to have dominion over those things, that love will continue to flow forth out of him. And you can see that time and time flowing forth out of God's. Say dominion. See, God made man to have dominion. In Genesis, it was punctuated, and he was saying God saw it, and every day he saw it, and it was good. And then after the second day, he saw it, and it was good. And then the third day, he saw it, and it was good. And then the fourth day, he saw it, and it was. And then the fifth day, he saw it, and it was. And then the sixth day, he saw it, it was good, but he also said it's very good. So there was another level of being able to say it's not just good, but it is good, but this is very good. So when he created man, it was very good. Say very good. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're very good. You're very good. They're like, you don't even know me. What you talking about? You don't know, know what I did last night. You're like, you know, no, you are, you are very good. Go ahead and tell them. You're very good. You're very good. So God has, he's made man in his image, in his likeness, to rule and reign 
and have dominion. What I'm here to tell you today is that there might be something come against you, but you can begin to rise up and you can have dominion over that thing that is trying to pull you back, take you down, whatever that might be, you'll have dominion. Say, I got dominion. Come on, do it like this. I got some dominion going on up in here. <laughs> it's like, what are you going to do with that? Dominion over the fish and the fowl and the fish and the creepy things. You know what that means? Is that we have hope. When he says you've got dominion, what he's also saying is you got hope. There's hope for that situation. There's hope for that circumstance. There's hope that's taking place. So we saw in Psalms 8, 5 that you crown him with glory and honor. And you can say, well, that's the Old Testament. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2. Because Jesus came for this purpose, for this purpose for us to be able to have dominion. Hebrews chapter 2. If you've got your Bibles turned there, if you've got an iPad, get on the Bible and turn to it. If you've got a Kindle or fire, get on the Bible and turn to Hebrews 2. I want us just to look, man, this is all good. I, sometimes I just, sometimes I don't want to just give you one scripture. I just want to give you all of it. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, I just don't, don't, don't just give me a little appetizer. Give me the whole meal. You know, just don't give me a little bite of steak when you're cooking on the grill. I want to eat the whole thing. Amen? Hebrews, he says this. He says, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. It says, And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. And uh, what did I just read? That wasn't two. That was one ten. He says, "For it was fitting for him for whom all things say all things. Come on, say all things. It was fitting for him that him there is Jesus, for whom all things and through all things in bringing many sons to glory." To perfect, to perfect the author of their salvation through the sufferings. Now, a lot of times people like to just focus on the sufferings. They're talking about Jesus and what Jesus went through and what he suffered through and how he suffered on the cross, how he suffered in his life, how he suffered as a man, how he overcame the issues in his life as a man. But one of the reasons that it says he, in bringing many sons to glory, say many sons. So... Be present with me here just a moment. Be present with me. Jesus' purpose was to bring many sons to glory. And I want to help define some things today. Because my father-in-law, he'd say, glory to God, glory to God. And everybody thinks glory. Glory is the brightness. Glory is all of this. And that's what we relegate it to. But I'm going to show you something today. That is going to begin to open your eyes. Are you guys ready to see that? When he began to start saying, I want to bring all of us back to that place of glory and honor. What was lost in the garden was glory and honor. What Jesus came back not only to bring was the kingdom was also lost. There's many things. But he also brought back glory and honor to the sons of man. Jesus, who was perfectly sinless and sinlessly perfect. How many of you know God feels your pain? He feels your pain. He understands what you're going through. God does not suffer sickness. God does not suffer disease. And listen, God doesn't operate under the curse. Hello? 
Jesus is the captain of our salvation. He's the captain of our salvation. The reason he came was one of the reasons was to bring the sons to glory. So that's a pretty deep issue. If we're created to rule, if we're created to reign, and you don't see yourself in the glory and the honor of a loving father, a God, a king, if you don't see yourself, you'll never operate that way. Can I get an amen on that? See, because if we see ourselves less than, then we'll never be more than. Hello? If we see ourselves less than, we will never be more than. So God's made you to have dominion. But if let's take a look at this word glory real quick. This word glory that you can begin to see in the Greek is doxa. Everybody say doxa. Come on, everybody. Doxa. It's where we get our word doxology from. That's where that comes from. There is a foremost meaning of glory. And there is this Greek scholar, Taya, and he de defined glory this way. He's really got the concept that we need to get. Number one, the first thing that he said that glory was, was opinion or judgment or view. How many of you know you open up the, you open up the dictionary and they give you this definition, that definition, this definition, this definition. And there may be two or three definitions of the word. That's the first one. The second one is this. An opinion estimate, whether good or bad, concerning one. Glory. Think about back when he said that he's going to crown him with what? Glory. Not just the wearing of this glory, but around being surrounded by glory and honor. Why? Because that word glory can literally mean whether good or bad concerning someone. In the New Testament, in the New Testament, let me clarify this for you. There is always a good opinion of you. Always. The next one. It says right here, always a good opinion concerning one. How would it change your life if you knew that God didn't have a bad opinion of you? but always had a good opinion of you. Always. What? You know what happens? We don't have a good opinion of ourselves. So we try to relate things to where, how can I have a, I don't even, I don't have a good opinion of myself. How can God have a good opinion of me? But he goes to clarify this. He says, this not only the glory, not only the glory of God, not only the glory of God is having, having a good opinion always, of yourself, but it's resulting in what? Praise. It's resulting in honor. It's resulting in the glory. Not just once in a while. Are you hearing me here today? Always. Say always. 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 What's God think of you? He's not looking at your mess. Let me put it this way. He's not looking at the junk in the trunk. He's not looking in the mess. He's not looking where you messed up, and he's going, oh, gosh. Oh, man, that's Shelly. She just messed up again. I don't know what we're going to do with her. You know what I mean? And God the Father's not seated there, and Jesus at his right hand and going, what are we going to do with that? I don't know. I don't know what are we going to do with that. I don't know. We hadn't figured that out. He's not looking at that. If we begin to start looking at glory, and we start looking at honor, and we realize that he always, 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 always has a good opinion concerning you. 
I think this can shift us. And then the third definition that he talks about was glory, how we kind of understand it. Splendor, brightness, magnificence, excellence. You know, we can begin to start thinking about that glory. We can think about that glory. And you can look up, you can look up glory in, in, the, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and you can begin to see this New Testament, how this glory of God is greater than just being bright. But there are times in the Bible where it was bright. Do you remember when the shepherds and the, the, the light was shown and it was bright, the, 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 the light, they began to see that. There was that brightness. There was that glory that was there. There's another example in the New Testament of the brightness of God was when Paul, in the road to Damascus, when he was, what, the, Lord, the light of the Lord shone on him, knocked him off his, his donkey, you know, his, and, and, and he fell down and he was blinded. He couldn't see that there was that glory. So there are examples in the Bible where it turns and uses the brightness. Let's go back to Hebrews um, 2.10. It says, Jesus is bringing many sons to glory. Bringing many sons to glory. Think about this. Jesus is bringing many sons to glory. Jesus is bringing many sons to have an understanding of themselves that they, he has a good opinion of them. I, I, remember, I remember a principle years ago, this one lady that her son was in jail. And I would say, well, he did this. And she would say, but he's a good boy. Well, then, then this happened. And then somebody else would say, well, he did this. And he'd say, you know, he's really a good boy. Well, then he did this, but, you know, he's really a good boy. There is no way you could have told that mother. And you're like, hello, ma'am. Don't you understand? And it's really the other way around. It should be, hello, Eric. Don't you understand? Don't you understand? Don't we understand that God has glory around this aura, this goodness around you, this honor, that when you become a believer and follower of a Christ, and as you follow God, the glory is surrounding you, and you can get into situations, and you can get into circumstances, and I'm telling you, the glory will make a difference, that, that goodness around you. If you believe it, you can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, because it's the glory. Say the glory. See, I want to go back to many of us don't have a good opinion of ourselves. I think you need to change the opinion of yourself. I think you need to change the opinion of yourself. That, that lady saw her son as the way God saw him. And if we don't have a good opinion of ourselves, then we've got to change that. And I, and I talked about John 17, 21. Jesus said what? He's talked about the glory. God, the glory that you've given me, the good opinion that you've given me of myself, give it to them. Let them see themselves in a way that they have a good opinion of themselves so they won't be downcast and beaten down and walking around like a worm on the ground. Come on, somebody. That they can begin to walk as royalty. They can rise up and see themselves and rise up above the situation, above the circumstance, overcome that thing and overcome that thing and be healed, delivered, set free, and operate in the glory of God. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Am I in the right church this morning? Hey, wake up. Wake up. 
you got to see yourself and a good opinion. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're looking fine. Come on, tell your neighbor and say, you're looking fine. Tell them, you're looking fine. You're looking fine. Terry's like, huh? You know what it is? If we could understand that, if we can get to that place that we know that no matter what is going on in our life, that God wants you to have a good opinion of yourself, then you will rise up all the bad opinions. Can I get an amen? Let me tell you about some people that operate in the glory of God, the glory of God, the goodness of God, the glory of God. There's a guy by the name of John G. Lake. Anybody heard of John G. Lake? Few? Uh, evangelist in Africa. And, you know, we need him nowadays to deal with this Ebola thing. But what he dealt with then was families were dying. People were dying. We're talking about the bubonic plague. And they were dying. And, and how many of you know God hates death? Come on, somebody. He hates death, and they were dying, and, and it wasn't God's will for man to be sick, and it's never been God's will for man to be sick. God wants us to be healed and, and to have a fullness of life, so it's not that. And the bubonic plague, he understood the glory of God. He understood the honor of God, that he would go in, and he was helping people. He was helping people bury him. He was burying, helping people get buried. People were dying, and he was burying them, dying, he was burying them, and dying them, and he, and he was burying them. And he was operating by, well, they sent in a group from the United States. And they come in with all their garb and all their gowns and all their masks and everything else on. And they looked at him and they were like, how are you doing this? What are you taking? He says, I'm taking Romans 8.2. Romans 8.2. And they were like, well, I don't understand. He said, it's the spirit, the law of the spirit of life. And he would be able to take them. And you know what? They, this, is a, this is a documented true story. He would take, they would have a white foam in their mouth. And he would take them, bury them. They put the white foam in his hand. And they looked it under a microscope. And those things died. The virus of the bubonic plague died in his hand. Verifiable, undeniable proof. Because he understood that he operated in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That he operated in glory and honor. And they looked under that and they watched that disease die and die and die. And they were like, we don't understand it. But it never affected him. Come on, somebody. Because he had dominion. And God is wanting to restore dominion to all of us. All of us. And he does it through his glory. So why are we so easily depressed? Why are we so easily downcast? Why are we so easily to go, oh, I'm just not, this is a situation, I just can't win. No, I'm here to tell you that when you realize that you have the glory and his honor and it surrounds you like a shield, it surrounds you, that you can begin to operate in that glory. See, say the glory. I mentioned something earlier about the truth. The Bible says that the truth will set you free. But if you really look at the scripture, he says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's not the truth that sets you free. It's you knowing what the truth is in your life that sets you free. Hello? That's what it says. Look it up for yourself. You got to know the truth because the truth can be out there. But if you don't know the truth, if it's not in your knower that I'm a child of the most high God, I'm the head and not the tail above only and not beneath, that I can begin to rise up on this situation. I can have dominion over the circumstances. Then my emotions won't get the best of me. 
What everybody else says won't get the best of me. I love it about, I love it about people that compete. They're like, you can't do it. You can't do it. And they're like, I can do it. 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 I can. I can do it. I can do it. I can. You know what I mean? Because you've you got to be able to have that in you. And you're like, how do people rise up and do something that somebody goes, how could you ever do that? John G. Lake obviously knew he had the glory of God that surrounded him, the honor that protected him, so he was able to go in and overcome the disease that was there and help the people. Come on, somebody. So when we begin to say the glory, say the glory. Listen, the glory and the honor surrounds you. The glory and the honor surrounds you. The glory and the honor surrounds you. It surrounds you so much that what man says, what man says about you, doesn't matter. What God says about you is the only thing that matters. Man can't hurt you, only if you let him. Well, they said this. Pastor, they said this, and they said this, and they said this, and they said this. Well, if you understand the glory and honor around you, it don't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they say. Oh, come on, you didn't hear what I said. It doesn't matter what they said. Well, you're not old enough, or you're not good enough, or you're not tall enough, or you're too short. There's no way you could ever be a senator. You had people tell you that. You had people go, that's Bryce Marlott. There's no way he'll be a senator. Excuse me, senator. Come on, you can rise above that. There's no way you'll ever break out of drugs and alcohol. I'm here to tell you I can break out of drugs and alcohol. When I understand that the glory is surrounding me, I can come out of Lodabar. I can get out of that thing. I can step to a higher place and say, this is where I'm going to operate now because the glory surrounds me. Turn to your neighbor and say, watch out. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, watch out. Because that glory surrounds you. That honor surrounds you. But we don't look at it that way we got to stop seeing it from the position of somebody else and begin to see it from the position of God that when he sees you, there's something good that he's seeing about you. Come on, somebody. That he looks to you and he sees that there's always good. God's opinion is always good of me. I don't know, Pastor, you're just lying to yourself. No, I'm not lying to myself. I'm listening to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm looking at what he did on the cross, and his glory surrounds me. It surrounds me. It surrounds me. See, you may not realize this, but you're a king and a priest. Not just a king and not just a priest. Real quickly, turn with me to Leviticus 27, verse 12. Better yet, never mind, just don't turn there. Who are you? You're a royal priesthood, the Bible says. That's what it says. And you're a king. A lot of us don't operate like a king. You know why? A king just sits there. Does the king fight? Does the king rule? Does he reign? Does he go out onto the battlefield? A lot of us don't, a lot of us are trying to go out there and be the first sergeant. When he says you're a king, we rule from a higher place. You're also a priest. Not only you're a king, but you're a priest. Say, I'm a priest. As a priest, you have certain rights and privileges. And this is one. In Leviticus 27, verse 12, he talks about bringing an animal in for a sacrifice. And the priest would look at the animal and see whether it's worthy of a sacrifice. What 
My question is, what did they do with those animals that weren't worthy of the sacrifice? That's important to me because I got some blemishes. <laughs> Hello? I got some blemishes in my life. But as a priest, I begin to look at this, and it says the priest shall value it as either good or what's that worth? I don't know. Well, let's take it to the priest. It's not worthy to be able to be a sacrifice because it's got a little blemish right there behind its ear. See that little black spot of hair? Yeah. You guys that are in the FFA, you know what I'm talking about. They're looking at that lamb, and they're looking at it, and they're going, nah, this is this. As a priest, they determine the value, good or bad. Check this out. As you, the priest, value it, as you, the priest, value it, so shall it be. Do you value others? Do you value yourself? Because if I'm a king and I'm a priest, oh, come on, somebody. Jesus is the king of, king of kings, right? It's not just the king of Obama and the other leaders. He's the king of kings, us. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. So if I'm a king and a priest, see, in the Old Testament, you were a king or a priest. In the New Testament, he came in and said, you are now a king and a priest. A king because I can rest, I can rule, I can reign, and a priest because I can what? I place value. Do you know what you place value on? God places value on. She's a valuable lady. I place value and honor on her. What's God do? Places value and honor. I mean, I'm here to tell you, what you place value on, you should place value on yourself, value on others. And I'm not talking about saying, okay, you're only worth a buck. That's a buck. Who's a buck 50? Do I hear a buck 50? Buck 50, buck 50, two bucks, two bucks, two bucks, two, 50, two, 50, two, 50, three, 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 what you honor, God honors. When you honor him, don't you think he's going to honor you? When you value him, don't you think he's going to value you? In fact, you get the opportunity to put a price tag on that value. And I'm here to tell you what my price tag for you is priceless. What's that worth? Delbert's a guy over here. He's a, a, a knows about antiques, and he could look at something, and Virginia go, I'm throwing that out. And Delbert will go, I'll take that. In fact, I'll give you 10 bucks for it. She'll go, wow, I was going to throw it out. It was 10 bucks. Then Delbert turns around and sells it for 10,000. Because he may know the value of it. I'm here to tell you, God values you. There is a priceless price tag on you. Priceless. You ever seen that commercial? I should have got it. I should have done that, Mike. I should have had you pull up one of them deals that that commercial were. You know, going to a, a football game. You know, the the popcorn is six bucks and the water is eight bucks and and the seat is two hundred and fifty bucks. And being there with your son or daughter is priceless. God values you. You are priceless. 
When you put value on your relationship with God, I can look at you guys and know you put value on your relationship with God because you came today in the midst of the snow. And there are some that couldn't make it today and some that shouldn't have made it today. They were traveling for 40, 45 miles away in Buffalo and Laverne and other places. And I understand they stayed home. I'm not devaluing that. But I am valuing to say, I love you, God. And I want to get in your presence. And I want to hear the testimony that I heard this morning. I want to hear the scripture and the prophetic word that came forth this morning. I want to hear the scripture that was read this morning because it values. And this word of God has value. Today, you need to be secure in yourself because you have glory and honor. Glory and honor. There's something about you that you, when you begin to release, it'll come forth. And not only glory and honor, but you have God's favor. Say, I have favor. Some people are like, what do you mean you have favor? I don't know. God just does stuff for me. Like, (laughs) Albert, I'll use that example. Somebody may come in and he gives them 10 bucks for something that's worth 10,000. That's God's favor. That's God's favor. You are valuable. You have the favor of God on you. A lot of people are like, no, I can't, I can't do nothing. I can't do nothing. If you remember this today, listen, listen. That God has a good opinion of you. That can change your life. Pastor Jerry just had a, a birthday yesterday. Let's give the Lord some praise for Pastor Jerry and his birthday. His, his, his scripture is Ephesians 4.29. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but that which is edifying and uplifting, that it may minister grace to those that hear it. You know why? He places value on you and says, don't say anything bad. But it's, it's just the way it is. It may be the truth, but here's a truth or the truth is that you are valuable. And you can operate in glory and honor. Here is the truth that you've got to know. that His opinion of me is good. His opinion of you is good. His opinion of this world, not of this world, but we're in the world, is for us to have dominion over this world and rule and reign. His opinion is good. That ought to make you feel good today. If you come in depressed and you're like, whoa, God loves me. He cares for me. I matter to him. I'm important to him. You're not just some grease spot over here or number over here. You are a child, a daughter, or a son of the Most High God. You matter to him. You're important to him. What you're going through today, the issues that you're struggling with, the things that are coming down the road, the things that are coming against you, the things that are blessings that are coming your way, those things are important to God today, that you matter to him. Say glory and honor. Tell somebody, glory and honor. You got glory and honor. You got, I can just see it all over you. You're just glowing with it. Let's stand to your feet today. 
This is just the first part of a three-part series on glory and honor that we want to share with you today. I want you to begin to shift your mindset today. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of transitioning from the Old Testament through the cross to the New Testament, God's opinion of you is nothing but good, 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 good. He has a good opinion of you. And I'm like, okay, God. It's like when my father said, you know, you can do this, Eric. You can do this. And I was like, I can? Okay. I'm going to go do it. God is saying that to you today. You can do this. I want you to change. Maybe we need to just repent. You know, repent means the changing of the way we believe something. I don't know about you today, but maybe you've thought that you were no good. Anybody? Anybody want to be honest here today and say, you know, I thought I was no good. Just leave your hands up. Leave your hands up. Or maybe you thought you weren't worthy. Anybody there? How about another hand here? I can put mine. Or how about many of you didn't come from the right family or didn't come from the right side of the tracks? Come on. How many of you have felt like, well, I don't have the right education? Or maybe my skin color's not right. That's all of us today. That we just begin to say, God, I, forgive me, Father, for thinking that way. Why don't you say that out loud? Just put it in the atmosphere. Father, forgive me for thinking that way. Because that's not the way God thinks about you. He loves you. He honors you. He gives you glory. Jesus came so the sons could operate in the glory of God, the honor of God. Father, right now, let me pray for you. I, Father, I, we just release right now just healing the repentance that's taken place of the way we thought we were or the way I thought that some uh, high school or college professor told us what we were or weren't. God, my relationship with you is that you love me and you care for me and that I have operated in your glory and your honor and I will that will be in my life. I will have dominion over those things that come against me. When I get knocked down, I'll get back up. Come on, somebody. The righteous shall fall seven times, but they get back up. They give back up. And I will continue to honor and glorify you, God, in all that I do in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are valuable. You're amazing. There's glory and honor. Why don't you take that with you in your home today? Why don't you take that with you tomorrow when you go to work? Amen. Listen, we're going to dismiss. We pray blessings to you. We have a prayer team today. If you don't know Jesus, if you need prayer today, if you want to be connected to the things of God today, we'd love to pray for you. God bless. Have a wonderful afternoon today. Go in his glory and his honor today in Jesus' name. Amen.